0: Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons & Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. From a Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits and the all-around good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is, from the courts of Cush, a tiefling paladin named Akmenas. From the Spice Coast comes a human fighter named Odvik. An elderly knoll from Dabu, a magic cleric of life, Oraki. From parts unknown, the Asmar warlock of the Starlight Court, Elbrum. Then there is Captain Deuteronomy's savior, the elf-marked wizard named Kalidus. And last, but not least, from across the middle sea is the human paladin named Kalen. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast, that's the campaign. Now good people, welcome to the show. In this episode, Odvik and Kalen return to the apartment. The rest of the Grey Company stare into the fetid, murky waters that flood the ground floor of Abdul Haq's home. Below the surface is a hidden, locked grate. Stealing their nerves, plugging their noses, they dive into the sewer waters. It is not darkness that blinds their dark vision. Elbram must lead the way with his blind sight. Daisy chained, they swim down into a narrow pipe. Was that a rat that swam by, or something else? Calidus casts light on a floating turd, and they all struggle to keep from vomiting. An enormous crocodile pulls like menace to his doom. Burning hands plus underwater equals a wasted spell slot. Oraki struggles to help in the confined space. Arcane energies wisp from the company as they stand in a passageway, catching their breath. The only sound, lapping water. Down the passage, the soft glow of a light. Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Okay. Hello people of the interwebs. I'm here once again with my good friend Mick, and we are talking about what happened last week in our campaign. Last week being two days ago, because that that's important. Two days ago. Yes. Last week, two days. Anyways, so what happened in our last session? You guys started out uh, back in the first floor of Abdul Hawk's Place, the floor that is flooded with water with just a couple of small islands of flooring and
1: tiling that you guys can stand on. Or if you're Australian, it's the ground floor. The ground floor? Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. yeah. And <laughs> yeah. For those of you that don't know, in Australia, the, the floor that is at ground, flo- at, at ground level is called the ground floor, and the first floor is the one above it. If you're American, I'm told that the first floor is the one that is ground level, and then everything gets counted up from there. So we're the only people in the world that have it wrong. (laughs) No, no, no,
0: no, you know what, I'm trying to sit there and think, no, it's the same in Canada, ground floor is ground floor, Yeah, because the first floor is always the floor above. So, you're on the ground floor of his house, you've raided his house and gathered what loot you could, you encountered the the carpet that tried to suffocate Kaelin, and this time our friends Kaelin and Odvik were missing in action this week, so... The group decided that right away. All right, take the loot, so we're not encumbered, and go back to the. Go back to the apartment. We'll, we'll meet you there. So that was a good excuse, so that they weren't inside the combat tracker or anything like this. And, but, I think the assumption was you guys would be able to get through the sewer in one session, and we probably should have took a lesson that. Well, from I don't know if it
1: was in one session. It was. We gave ourselves a time frame. To get the, true enough yes yeah. you've got Three hours, I think.
0: it's 1 30 in the afternoon sun doesn't go down until 7 p.m yeah, so you've sure. got like six, six hours five six hours in order to do this before you guys want to yeah. head back to the pallet court anyways yeah. you send those two off and you guys then are again at the, the bottom floor and Calidus is like all right we're going into the fetid sewage water I should have played that up more. I probably should have had you guys do constitution saving throws there. I, I don't know why I didn't think of that until just this moment. But yeah, I mean, fetid sewage waters, yeah, how you, you could easily swim through
1: there and not vomit. Because I don't think water breathing means that your other your sense of smell... It's like okay. you can have your pound of revenge later on because we've got cuts and bruises and other parts of open damage to our body i'm sure we'll have caught some diseases by the time we get out thankfully you guys did the smart thing before you went down there because oraki goes and says
0: all right everybody gather around i'm going to do a prayer of healing to heal everybody up and she's a life cleric so her prayer of healing is particularly powerful and indeed 10 minutes she heals you guys up and in the meantime Calidus is sitting there on the tile you know feet dangling in the water and he's just like okay well i'm going to do a ritual water breathing spell so that I don't use a spell slot. Yeah. And this time, <laughs> this time he puts water breathing on everybody <laughs> instead of just himself. So yeah, he lost one third level spell slot because of rookie era. Rookie era, sure. And now everybody's got water breathing. They enter into the fetid waters, which are not dark waters inside the ground floor. They, the the sun shining through the fogged up windows and the open door. You can see through the water fairly well but as soon as you go through the grating at the bottom into the pipe there's no light and is pitch black so you can't see because the water is the waters are full of gook and then it's black as well so you guys can't see
1: can't see a thing how did you guys manage to get through the waters well we realized of course that we couldn't see anything and we kept bumping into walls and floating objects that we weren't quite sure what they were and each other And so we realized this was going to be a miserable failure. So we decided we'd leave. So we did. We climbed out of the pool, and then we got a rope, and we tied ourselves together. And then we did the wise thing. We sent someone to lead, and we followed. Who did we set up as the guinea pig to go first? Elbram has blind sense. so We let him go first. If anyone was going to die, it was going to be Elbram. That's right. So
0: with his blind sense, he, he could... With blind sense, he has basically bat sonar for 10 feet so he can see at least 10 feet so he was able to guide you guys through and th- this is where it actually became tricky for me because i was sitting there thinking black waters and he's got blind sense and i knew that the pipe that you guys were in so at the ground floor that was flooded there was a grate at the bottom of that floor and you guys opened the grate because you found the key that was hidden away within the pillows of abdul Haq's third floor And that key opened up the the grate, and then it entered into this 10-foot pipe. And that pipe dropped down, and it went under, and it came back up inside another part of the sewer. So very much like a faucet drain, and so the water there just didn't move. It was stagnant, and really, I should have had constitution saving throws. Anyways, at the top of the other side of that pipe that would enter into the sewers, there were some crocodiles. And so I sat there and I was mm-hmm. thinking, "How do I do this? Like what kind of perception would Elbram need to do and even though he has blind sense, that doesn't mean that yes, I've got blind sense, but you still need to do a perception check so it was it was an interesting thing for me to f- from my point of view is trying to how do i or what are the kinds of things that I say in order to give him an idea that there's something there and then he's got to do something and so what I ended up doing was you feel the water being disturbed? And there, was, there wasn't much he did. He's like, yep, I'll, I'll keep moving forward. And dragging you guys all along, bumping into each other, still not able to see. Then at one point, Calidus did have the brilliant idea of, well, the complete dark is just too too much, so I will cast light. And so you put light on a f- turd that was floating by. Yes. Didn't help your vision, though. Not at all. Not at all but the turd looked fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it did help so that if someone was right up in your face, you could see. But that's no. about, you You had to be like less than a foot in front of your eyes for you to be able to actually see anything. Yeah, Everything else was just extremely fuzzy, couldn't see. But anyways, Elbram was able to sense eventually that this croc came down because the croc could sense you guys and the croc attacked Elbram. Yeah. And he did really well. He put a couple of... of Eldritch Blasts or Agonizing Blasts. Mm -hmm. So Eldritch Blast is the typical cantrip a warlock has. That's his distance blast, like a Cleric's Sacred Flames or a Wizard's Firebolt or something like this. So he, he chose, as one of his warlock Eldritch invocations, to change his Eldritch Blast to an Agonizing Blast, which allowed him to add his... Oh, what the heck is a warlock's modifier? I think it's Charisma. It added him to allow his his modifier to the damage of the blast to do more damage. So he shot two agonizing blasts at this croc that came at him, and it was enough. That croc was not a very strong croc, and basically his second agonizing blast went through the skull of the crocodile and and killed it on the spot. But there was another crocodile right there as well. This one was different in color, and it attacked as well. And at that point, you guys were all scrambling. Now you could tell that something was up because you felt... or uh, Oraki was directly behind Elbrum and she felt that something was going on. She seen the water get brighter from the blasts, knew that he was casting something. So knew that he was in trouble. He managed to then scramble out of the way and scramble up and out of the pipe, pulling the rope taut between him and Oraki. But then the other croc was in the way and Oraki couldn't get past him. And then you guys are coming up. You still didn't know what the heck was going on. Akmenes, who was following up behind, didn't really know what was going on. You knew that something was happening. So Akmenes tried to, to get up close. And as he got up close, the croc bit into him, grabbed him, and started dragging him and thrashing him and pulling him back. And Dagnir killed him because I rolled two yeah. crit 20s there. Yeah. In fact, three, four. I rolled four well. crit 20s in a row. Which yeah. is apparently, according to Oraki, is 1 in 160,000. There you go. Sitting there thinking when i seen those stats, I was like, why didn't I buy a lottery ticket in the morning? I would have rather to have a lottery ticket than roll four crit hits. Pretty anyways, much. Yeah, two hits, and that croc had menace and all of a sudden he was barely alive and being dragged back down. And a second crocodile had just arrived, And as the first one was dragging the one back, it it scrambled over top and tried to uh, get at the guys who were still in the water, which was you and Oraki. And fortunately at that point it missed and Oraki managed to finally scramble out of the water. (laughs) It's so funny. I I just love your guys' thought processes and your tactics to see what you guys are going to do and how you're going to move about and what, what your plans are. And I, I don't. I, I had no idea what Odaki was trying. She wanted. She figured she needed to scramble out of the water. Well, I, sh- I should say the same thing for Calidus. In this water, he knows now he's face to face with a crocodile. So there's mm-hmm. not, he he can't help but know that it's there, even though he still you still can't see much. So what spell did you cast?
1: Well, I mean, it's fairly obvious, wasn't it? You cast something that's going to kill the crocodile. What's the most powerful spell you've got? And I'm in water, so it should definitely be electrical, shouldn't it? Except that wasn't the first spell you cast. Did I cast that? No, no, the first one I cast was a firebolt, didn't I? No, you cast cast burning hands. Burning hands, (laughs) okay, well, anyway. So you're in water,
0: and let's get my
1: hands on fire. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just fling something. Oh, there were two crocodiles that were alive at the time. Yep, they were still alive. So, yes, so there was logic to that. The logic was cast something, even though it may be diminished by the water, that will hit two crocodiles rather than just one. So, and that was it. And so I cast Burning Hands. Which wasn't very effective Which at all. Which wasn't very effective, but yeah, what the heck. And of course, based on the fact the first croc didn't last very long, it shouldn't have been. These ones won't last very long anyway.
0: Yeah, and I love that at the, at the end, you guys were like, well, what's the difference between these crocs? And it became, One of do we investigate stronger. this or do we keep going? No, we and we you guys care. just like, screw it let's just keep going so he yeah. didn't investigate because i was like well you could sit there and try to figure it out it's probably going to take you 10 15 minutes yeah, of, we don't of have active time. work and labor and you got to pull the croc bodies out of the water in order Not to do happen. it and so you guys left that but still what i liked though was i know Akmenis when he moved up beside you before the crocodile bit into him he's like i am going to sheath my javelins and pull out my war hammer which so that that because he was sheathing and pulling out that was his action Yep. So he didn't have an action any, anymore. So he had to wait till his next turn and then he was swinging. And of course it's a disadvantage because you're swinging through water. If you were, you know, with a piercing weapon, wouldn't have been a big deal, but with a swinging bludgeoning weapon, yep. yeah, disadvantage. He wasn't able to hit. And then the crocodile, that's when the crocodile bit into him and managed to start pulling him out. And as it put, pulled him out, it pulled him up out of the pipe and back down the sewer, so all of a sudden now he's in a sewer that was five feet of water and five feet of air above. So he was, at that point, because he still had enough life in him, he was able to swing his hammer more effectively. And yeah. because he could swing his hammer more effectively, I think he rolled a crit as well. There was a, there was quite
1: a few crits in that battle. I think
0: we wasted them all there. Well, and and, and there was a that's lot like, of spell slots like that were month, wasted too. That's
1: a month's worth of crits that we have just used. Up. Yep, yep. And you
0: guys used quite a bit of spell slots. And but anyways, it, it took a bit. And I mean, the crocs, did, they did have Elbrum there for a while too. And they were going to pull him out. But at that point, that was when you used your witch bolt And you smashed your witch bolt into, yeah. the, into that one croc that had hold of Elbrum. And of course, this was, Oraki still hadn't got out of the water. And the two of you guys were side by side. And so, yes, you got a little bit of feedback from that witch bolt. Yes. But still, it did the job. So between that and eventually when Oraki did get out of the water, you guys were able to take care of that crocodile. And Acmenus managed as the paladin, just being a paladin, he just needed to get in one really good hit. And, and that was it. That was pretty much it. So he managed to take out the second one and got his revenge. So you guys are all out of there. And down the hallway of the pipe that you're in, so you're now in a raised part of the pipe where there is no water and it heads south and it's dark in there. And that's one of those things we were just talking about was dark vision, blind sense, and what can you see. And the fact is, is dark vision is supposed to be that if you're in a dark, it's considered dim light. So all of your attacks would be at disadvantage. And I clearly messed up on that. So your spells, even Elbram's spells, when he was trying to send his agonizing blast to the one that was 20 feet away, that should have been at disadvantage. And I've got to get... Better to stay on that, but realistically, I can't wait for unity so that I don't have to think about it because <laughs> it's just one of those things. You're in the Multicaret. moment of the battle and I'm just thinking of, I like to think of putting myself in the shoes of the NPCs and what are they going to do? How mm. are they going to react? Remembering dark vision, remembering blind sense, remembering these, these abilities that are reliant on your perception. Yeah, it'd be so good when Unity's there and can take care of that. So you don't. Just again, you can be more immersive and focus on the role play. And oh God, what do you see? I can't see
1: anything. My screen's black. I don't know. Crocodiles? Where are the crocodiles? I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna send a blast this way.
0: It's gonna be at disadvantage, and you roll yeah. to find out what distance you or, or sorry, you roll to find what direction you send your blast because you can't see. Yeah. And it really depends on your people because this becomes that that. In a round, you can say a few words. If it's not your turn, you can respond to someone else's sentences in a few words. So someone can say, I can't see. Where am I going to send my bolt? And someone says, To your right. Because if they say to the north, you're like, Well, what is to the north north. and dark? Yeah. If they say to your right, then all of a sudden, Okay, I will let you as a DM say, All right, I reach out my right hand and I I say the somatic words and send my blast outwards. Okay, so you send it to the right. The chances of hitting probably going to be like, Three quarters cover or something like yeah. this. It's going to be difficult, but at least it's in the right direction, mm. right? And so that's the thing: unity with the dark vision or the light source or the dynamic lighting that comes with Unity. Then again, hopefully it'll
1: fix these problems.
0: Yeah, it just it removes it as something that people need to be on top of, because yeah. realistically, yes, you guys are in a pipe. Only you guys who have dark vision are going to be able to doing any kind of attacking. Because your light source, the turd, is still down in the pipe. So the, the, mm-hmm. the, I guess you could say the water is glowing a bit. Yep. You're in a dark pipe, a 10-foot pipe. And down to the south, about 60 feet to the south, you can see that there is some light coming out of a small side tunnel. Yes. So you guys walk right down there. And I, just, <laughs> I, I was sitting there, I was like... What are they going to do? Are they going to sneak up? What are they going to do? No conversation about being stealthy. Ekmanis is just like, I'm going to go and check it in. He walks in front of, drags his character in front of the open tunnel.
1: Pew! Of course, I shoot at him as soon as he comes available. An arrow. It was a bolt, wasn't it? It was a bolt. bolt comes flying down the tunnel. And it misses him, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course it misses him. Can't hit us. We're, we're no. too valuable. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Fantasy Grounds did kind of goof up there because all of a sudden it, there was a point there where I, I shot at him it said that it hit him because i dragged dropped it and it said it hit him but for some reason in the chat window it said that it was hitting elbrum and not Ekmenace. and i was just like oh one of those little things where the map got messed up and yeah. that's you know one of those things where drag and drop on the combat tracker instead of on the map because at least you know then you're dropping on your target the right thing but whereas on the map, it's just so easy to drag and drop on the map. But there's every once in if a while... they're it, too
1: close together, yeah. Well,
0: that, well that's why you got to look in the chat windows to make sure. Yeah. Or
1: just target them before you start.
0: Or, yes, control, click, and, and target, and it says very clearly in the chat window you've you targeted. Know what you've got. And that's true. That's the smart thing to do. So you guys arrived at the tunnel. And then what the heck did you guys do?
1: Well, this is where we did... And I think there was a few weeks ago we had a conversation about planning combat where you really do need to sit down with the other players and figure out the tactics that you're going to employ. Mm -hmm. And I think it was that we said, yes, we must do that, we must do that. We still haven't done that. And so now you will see or hear a perfect example of planning combat by telepathy. So it was at this point that that Calidus, of course, realising that he can turn himself invisible, which is a wonderful spell, reads the first paragraph about invisibility that says you can turn yourself invisible and completely ignores the fact that you can turn all the other people invisible as well. Turns himself invisible and starts heading off down the tunnel. Clop, 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 clop. Making a hell of a din. <laughs> and of course, there are two characters standing behind him. Yep. Being perfect targets. He yes. did mention on the way into the tunnel, he said, get out of the road. Probably not the right, should have perhaps explained in great detail. If you stick your head out the where, where someone can see you, they'll Don't fire Don't be a target up. while I'm walking <laughs> down the Don't be a top. target, yeah, because I'm <laughs> the one that's going to get hit. So by telepathy, he tried to explain to all of the other players in the game, by osmosis, that you really need to go, you know, well, I is, know what I'm doing, therefore you must know as well. This is the the beauty of, of Of course,
0: it. for me, I, I think... I know you, you're saying that, but at the end of the day, it's your turn. I cast this spell, and I've got my movement. So, yeah, I'm going to move down the tunnel because you're well, excited to get something going when when you should have been just like, I cast a spell. I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to say, hey, guys, I'm invisible. Get out of the way. Let me go scout. Yeah. But you, you wanted to go. You wanted to go. And so all of a
1: sudden, you're down the tunnel yeah. while those two guys are still visible, hoping. Well, th- th- no, one of them actually wasn't visible. Only one of them was visible. Yeah. What happened was I went down the tunnel, and they, uh, and they both stuck their heads around the corner. Yeah. So yeah, so the logic, of course, was, yes, if you can turn yourself invisible, you can do all sorts of exciting things you can go and scout. If you can turn the other players invisible on your team, it's even better. All you have to do is sit back while they're invisible doing whatever the heck they like. Especially if they're stealthy, whereas you are not. Yes, I'm about as stealthy as an elephant in a china shop. Although, you do have your dark weave It's not making that much difference, I've noticed. Well, it makes difference if you say,
0: I'm going to be stealthy and you do a stealth roll because that's yeah, when you get your plus one. That's true, yes. But yes, nobody, at, at any point in time, nobody's like, I'm nobody going to be stealthy yeah. while I
1: go down here to check out this Not light only source. that, but no one picked up what I was doing. I, no, I can't understand they, the, why me not explaining it to them. Maybe it was your telepathy was, was, had the, too much possibly, of the Australian yeah, accent. I, and I they, think they that they might have been what started, it was. It just yeah. didn't translate. It didn't come across. Needless to say, I went down there making as much noise as I possibly could. The yep. guy at the other end looked out, Heard something, saw two, two heads sticking around the corner, fired off a cross bolt, caught me square in the left shoulder. Yep. yep. The plus part about it was that the blood was invisible until it hit the floor, and the bolt disappeared. Yes. Because I was
0: sitting there thinking about that, when you cast an invisibility, and if someone shoots you with their object, would it just stay there and be completely visible? No. And I thought about that, and I was just like, be No, by the no, spell. The, the spell should absorb it. Because if if it enters into you, like I know some people would be like, well, if it enters into your body, but then my, my point was, if that was the case, if you wanted to go down that road and say that, if that was how you wanted to argue it as a point, as a DM who's arguing this, then you would have, have told them you need to undress and go and naked. Did we, and
1: did we run a check to see if I lost concentration? I don't remember Yeah, we did. we did. It's automatic. Did. It's automatic. Okay.
0: So thankfully in... If you drag and drop spells properly into your your character sheet, and what I mean by properly is that, and Fantasy Grounds is getting better and better and better, that like it will recognize words like concentration, and when you drag and drop it, it sees the words concentration, and it'll automatically do something in the background. So that if somebody hits
1: you, then it will automatically roll your concentration oh, okay. roll. I didn't actually notice that. Yeah, so, I, I and did. that's great. I mean, when you think about that, that just it, it, it's almost here we go. We're gonna just. Leap completely away from the story now and go that the comments you were making earlier about we can't, we both can't wait for the the light functionality to and the Unity engine to, to kick in in Fantasy Ground. I have a feeling that at some point in time, there is going to need to be part of the whole thing about learning to play is going to be explaining to the players all of the rules that are being played in the background that they don't see. Yeah. Or the Unity engine is going to have to have. In the chat window uh, perhaps some kind of explanation as to what's going on so in the case of the light functionality where you're in a battle or in this case you're hit while you've got an invisibility spell a comment that says you know you're saved because of this and this and this yeah otherwise people won't actually understand what's actually happening
0: yeah. well that, i mean that, that's why the chat window is it's so important because like when you did get hit i, I seen the concentration roll happen in the chat window yeah. and it said you succeeded so you yeah. manage
1: to maintain your concentration. And so if you understand the invisibility spell, then you'll understand why that comet is there. Otherwise, what will happen is that you will have an invisibility spell that will work sometimes, and then won't work others, and you'll have no idea why it's working and yeah. not working. But I think the
0: arrow turning invisible as it was jutting out that, of you that, is what caused you to read the rest, the second paragraph of your invisibility Pretty spell. much, that was it.
1: Yes, so here am I, standing in a tunnel, hit by an arrow, I'm still invisible, and I then think damn, because I was reading it to find out, hang on a minute, does the arrow turn invisible? Oh my God, I'm about to be killed. And I read in the second paragraph, you can make other people invisible. And then it was at that point that the penny drops, wow, not only did the mental telepathy not work why the hell am i standing in the tunnel when the other two turkeys should be down here and i should be just sitting up the back
0: yeah but this, but you did However, try you were you were going to cast that as a third level so that you could do that but you can't maintain two spells of concentration no so i would have it, become visible and the other two would have become
1: invisible so i decided no bugger it. we've come this far i'm going off into the i ducked down a side tunnel invisible and bleeding yep And that was very entertaining. And and remembering at the at some point in time when we get a gap, we must sit down and discuss tactics. Yep. So once again, we'll say that. We just gotta find a time to do it. Not in the middle of a fight. And
0: and the reality is, is for me, like if you guys want to sit down and and chat tactics in the session, that's fine. Because the reality is is of chatting tactics outside of session, it's clear to me that occasionally people are looking at what's going happening in discord to seeing if there's any comments from anybody not often most people most of the players it's game day let's play between game days it doesn't exist yeah
1: so and the other thing too is we've just leveled up so you've got this whole thing yeah everybody's level when you level up that's when you really want to have a, a, a chat about tactics and how you're going to react in battle because that's everything changes. Well, the, and, like, and, that and, and
0: the fact is, is you can only level up during a long rest. That's my home rule. Mm. So, I mean, realistically, yes, that is the perfect time because you are long resting. Yeah. So talking about tactics and. Yeah. Hey guys, I just realized as I woke up this morning that shit. Uh, it came to me in the middle of the night. I just put two more spells in my spell book. I can't believe I just, it just came to me. It was like, a, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. and Actually, then what? talking about, okay, what, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. How can we use this together? Yeah. And then, of course, turn order-wise, after you came in, you got hit by the arrow, Oraki came up behind, Elbrom came in, and Elbrom, you guys saw there was one guy who was shooting the, the crossbow, and he would duck back around the corner. Mm. And another guy came to take a look down the tunnel, and as he came into view, Elbrom watched him shifting forms and, and turning into his hybrid form as a crocodile. And then he ducks back behind the corner as well. So Elbrom's like, Dun, dun, dun. I'm gonna cast Arms of Hadar. And it creates this 20-foot black bubble, and he centers that black bubble right on top of the at the end of the corridor into whatever room these guys are hiding in behind. And that's great because as long as a creature starts inside that bubble, they they do they don't do a saving throw. They immediately will take 2d6 cold damage. Then at the end of their turn, if they're still in the bubble at the end of their turn, they then do a, sa- a wisdom saving throw, and if they fail their wisdom saving throw, they will also take 2d6 acid damage. So, the one guy, the, the hybrid, he hightailed it out of there, and, and I was like, darkness, they, this, this is magic darkness, so their dark vision has no value, they can't see anything, so roll a d10, one is north, two is northeast, blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah, and so one guy, the the hybrid, he rolls a seven. He runs west, smacks into the wall, turns around, goes the other direction, and he's out of the bubble fine. The other guy I rolled, he runs north. Guess what's north of him? The big brazier. He runs, so he gets <laughs> his 2d6 <laughs> cold damage, runs right into the fire brazier, brazier, not brazier because hmm. brazier is different, brazier, yeah. and of course he gets some fire damage on top of it, and because he stumbled into that, he doesn't get out of the bubble but thankfully, he still he did make his saving throw, and so he doesn't take the two d six fire damage or acid damage. Mm-hmm. But because next turn around, when it's Hill, his turn, he's still in the bubble. He takes two d six cold damage again. He's dead. And that's well, the end of it. <laughs> he screams, and his scream cuts off short. That's all you guys know. You don't know he's really dead or not. So that that's one of those things. Like again, in the combat tracker, it's really nice where you can make a person uh, target visible as a DM. You can make a target visible in the combat tracker so you guys can see and target it. And then you can click a button to make it invisible so at the end of the day, you guys don't know, have you killed it? And it's up to me and the descriptions that I do for you guys to make your own guesses in terms of what happens, which I think is brilliant. There's so many little things about Fantasy Grounds that you can use outside of the dynamic lighting that allow you to try to make people's imaginations
1: or spark their imagination. I wanted to know why I didn't hear the thud as he hit the floor, which still hasn't been explained to me. But anyway, I'm assuming he's dead.
0: Yep. And you at that point, you, Agmenus arrived and he tries to get past and, because there's a little room that goes to the north and you actually go into that room and, it's like a little sitting room and yeah. you find I had a an open magazine on the table there that's had a centerfold of a tiefling. Oh, I did, I
1: didn't even look at the magazine. It was just went in there. There's no bad guys, that's good. It's clear. We'll sort this yeah. out later.
0: I love that it on it's like Menace's turn. He's like, "I heard naked and tiefling." <laughs> <laughs> so
1: yeah, that was, right. It's funny cuz he idea. of
0: course he's a tiefling, so yeah. Anything related to tieflings, he's got yeah. a concern on.
1: Tiefling of the month magazine. That's yeah, what yeah, it was. Tiefling yeah. of the month. Yep, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah.
0: And I don't know why there, there's the fascination with tieflings, but I figured, all right, you, use that one. Might as well. Yep. Because they're it. bad.
1: I guess it's because they're bad. That's why they're in Cinefolds. Yes, bad. because they're bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Of course, synonymous, right? Yeah. He was a bad tiefling. So, yeah, the arms of Hadar worked really well because now they were in this black bubble. But the thing is, going back, as soon as. Ekmen stepped into the light of the tunnel. As soon as he did that, yes, the crossbow bolt was fired, but all of a sudden, at the same time, ding, 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 alarm sounded. Yeah. And there were shouts coming from within that you guys couldn't hear. It was mumbled shouting. You knew that there was shouting, but you couldn't quite make out the words. But it was coming from the bubble. Coming from that direction. That's yeah, what all you could, that you could do. But yeah. you didn't know, was it the people in the bubble? Uh, was it others you don't know?
1: And there was... Sound coming from the other direction as well. Later um, on, yes. Yeah, later yeah, on.
0: Because from my point of view, alarm is sounded. These guys, they have a purpose for being there. What's going on? What happens when the alarm is sounded? And I did i did say certain things that you guys could hear
1: that came I across. Actually, I actually didn't hear the, the voice that you used for, for the commands or whatever was being said. Yeah. You're too caught up in the moment. Uh, no, I, I couldn't. I, I it wasn't that I, I couldn't hear it. I couldn't understand it. It was. It was had an effect on it, or there was the voice that you oh, used. I, I could not yes, actually. Yes, can actually tell what you said.
0: Yeah, which I, is
1: you know that's how it goes.
0: And that, that wasn't me using the the mixer to change my no, voice. No, that was, it was just, just you me putting on some random. But yes, one guy had said so, and Elbrom would have known that it was directly from that room because it was it was so loud someone saying they're at the east entrance or sorry, was they're at, it was. sorry, my directions, the west entrance, the west they're entrance. at the west entrance. Okay. So that was what was shouted in common. And not long after that, I don't know why Ekmenis left the tunnel. I don't know what he was thinking. So he left the tunnel and at that point, a couple of guys arrived and it was so funny, he was like, they get reactions. And I was just like, why wouldn't they get a reaction? They would have had a ready to action for sure. They're coming up. They're coming about to flank you guys. A warning yeah. had been cut out, and this was a few rounds ago before that warning happened. And I was meticulously on my turns, moving people to where they needed to be. So yeah, they are coming up from behind. And Ekmano sticks his head out, and immediately, poof, poof, the two guys were coming up. They took their shots. Yep. And they That's missed. It. They missed. They missed. But at which point, and this is one of those things that... You can only you can do so much, and it's really up to the DM. Like I, I should be doing a lot more of the taking people into private channels to say you hear this, the other ones don't. You see this, the other ones don't. And then it's up to you guys to to in your turns disclose stuff. Because I think that because we it's so easy got, to be. Could, I heard if, that, and then I'm going to react to that, even though realistically you didn't as the character
1: hear it, but because but I. think if didn't, you've got good players you can actually get past that. Mm-hmm. The group of players that we have, and there have been times when this has happened, where you have said something, or, or no, more often than not, it's where you show something that shouldn't have been shown. Yeah. And everybody just completely ignores it and goes, yeah, yeah, we know there's a giant dragon there, it's fine. And there's no change in behaviour. We just proceed as though we hadn't seen it or hadn't heard it. And I guess that's part of the honesty of being... Understanding that you're engaged in a game, and if someone makes a mistake, or if you tell someone something, just because that's it's easier to, t- you know, just say, "Yeah, this is what you hear." The others go, "Well, we didn't hear it."
0: Yep, and they're getting the. Uh, this group is really, really good in terms of, yeah, I, I no, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So I try to drag people into channels because then it's just it makes the role playing better. So yes, it's easy to say I didn't hear it, but it's it's so much better to be like, "Hey guys." I think I hear something coming from the other hallway. I'm going to ready an action. And so he whispers. That's his turn. He readies an action, and he whispers a few words to you guys to let you know he hears something coming from the other down. That's role-playing. That's beautiful. Yeah. And you, to me, the way you do that, the best way to do that is, as a DM, you drag someone into a private channel on Discord so that you can tell them, by the way, you're hearing this coming from down that way. Or you just seen this, and it's really up, really, really up up on you guys then how you role play that out. And the, the, the perfect example of that was that game, the Santa Claus game that we played. And these... Oh yeah. I, I just loved how you were playing Flint Fireforge. And there was this big conversation going on in Goblinoid between one character that spoke Goblinoid and the Goblins. And every turn of Flint's, Flint's turn, was like, what did, what did they say? What did they say? What did they say? Absolutely. You don't know it. Because I was saying everything at that in that conversation in fantasy grounds you can type in the chat window and you can type in the language of the creature yeah. so everybody else sees gobbledygook unless speak in your character sheet it says you speak that language and if you speak that language that gobbledygook gets automatically translated for you alone into yeah. english
1: and i just kept saying gobbledygook yeah so you're like what
0: did they say what did they say because i mean how are you going to react exactly. and some people they didn't care i don't care what they're saying i'm attacking Yeah, and and that's that's the point. That's the point is that if you're role playing, and some people are having a conversation, and you're sitting there and you're like, should I attack? Shouldn't I attack? Body language of the other people—they are continuing to move to surround us. I mean, this definitely sounds not good. You're totally relying on this other guy to and him to negotiate, or maybe he's negotiating. Maybe he's telling them that their mother's got wears army boots. Who knows? Insulting them. Mm -hmm. You don't know. So yes, communication is critical and there's tools for a DM to use such that they can they really have to force it. And, and it's so funny. Some characters, they're so f- caught up in their world and they're thinking, I'm going to react, I'm going to react. And they want to be the hero. They want to stand up on the pedestal. That was all me. And they don't tell you what's going on. Yeah. They don't tell you a thing of what's going on and you're just like...
1: See Calidus running down a tunnel, invisible. Well, Perfect or, example or, of or
0: Flint is just like... All right, ciao, guys. Turns around and starts heading out of there. (laughs) I mean, why wouldn't you? And to me, you know, what does that mean? I I mean, force things all day. Well, I mean, at the the end of the day, like I would have done the same thing as a player. If the other players are not recognizing that we are on a team and they need to let us know, even saying, just a minute, just a minute, I'm negotiating, that's enough to be able to say. And if a DM is going to be like, no, you can't say that, that's too much. Okay, this this is, it, it is a game. Mm. Yes, there are some rules around this stuff, and we try to make it so that it makes it as real as possible. But I I don't mind. For DMs, that will be like, you can't talk until it's your turn. And they do not like people talking over each other.
1: And yes, if people are talking over
0: each other on Discord,
1: that that can can be a problem. It becomes a problem, but I don't mind. But if you're all on the same team, then you have to deal with that. And that's what it would be like if you're in that in situation. Real in real life, you'd be talking over each other. We talk over each other in our podcast. Yeah,
0: it just it is what it is. It makes for the listening audience it's probably a pain in the ass.
1: We just make it challenging for them. Yeah, yeah. So you want to listen to us? This is how it's going to be. Yep.
0: But that's that's just the thing. Like I don't mind if they're talking over each other, and if it means I have to repeat myself, so what? It's not that big of a deal. And some people mm-hmm. they just like get so a lot of DMs get so outraged. I'm talking, stop talking. Or don't. this guy's talking, don't talk over each other. Look, Mm -hmm. if two people are talking over each other and it's their turn, I'm not going to say, well, you guys have both lost your turn. No, just work it out. But I do try to make it so that if it's not your turn, keep your responses short and curt. That's the only thing that I try to stay on top of. Keep it going. Yeah, because otherwise it gets to be too long.
1: Anyway, Keletus decided he was going to Run out into the tunnel because he was invisible. Yes.
0: So he was invisible. The arms of Hadar made that black sphere. Couldn't see Knocked anything. Down, that, down there. Oh, what did Oraki do? She cast spiritual weapon. And of course, this is one of those things. <laughs> From the, the interface point of view, she could see... Because Elbram drew a black bubble. Yeah. Because his the, the color he chose for his avatar was black. So he drew a black bubble on the map saying, this is where the arms of Hadar is in this sphere. And now... In Oraki's mind, she's like, I can still see through there. So it took her a bit before he's like, no, no, this is, you can't see past that edge. So even though you cast that, that spiritual weapon there, which is fine, you can cast it there. You know where you're
1: going to put it because that's, you've seen it before.
0: But she kept saying, I'm going to ready. If anything comes near that, I'm going to smack it. And I was like, you will have no idea if anything is near your spiritual. weapon." I think that what she was saying at
1: the time was, the intent was when the darkness disappears, I am ready. No, not at the beginning. Because oh, at the okay.
0: beginning, she, she, she was thinking that she could actually see oh, okay. and move it around. So you can move your spiritual weapon. Bad she could arachnid. tell her weapon, Bad please come back 20 feet and we'll be yeah. okay. But no, she Actually, she,
1: and what she did, when you think about it, the position that she's placed it in, as soon as the darkness is dispelled, if someone does stick their head out to take a shot at us, then her she reaction can, will... Yep. Yeah, it's right there. It's going to whack them on the head.
0: Yep. So she can... Moving your spiritual weapon and attacking with your spiritual weapon is a bonus action. And then you've got your regular action. So she can move it around and say, Yes, I'm going to have a ready action. So if someone comes near it. Yeah, she can. But it's this big trident. She said it's a trident. So it's a big trident floating in the center of that thing. And from my point of view, I'm just like, All right, I'm an NPC. I see a floating weapon there. Hmm, that's a problem for me. I'm not going to come in to engage it.
1: Yeah, well, depending on what the ready action is, it, would it be a strike or a throw?
0: Yeah, that's true. So, but the thing is that spiritual weapon is not a range spiritual weapon she can move it 20 feet
1: towards the other thing too is yeah. that if she's going to if she's going to invoke that she can only do that when she can see the that's right when she, she, has she can to see to, the she has the to the person be that it's going to strike yeah. so
0: she can create the spiritual but, weapon anywhere yeah. as Actually, long as it's in open when, space when, but she must wait, see the target it's
1: preempt next week then given that he has a, a weapon that's not a range weapon sitting inside a 20-foot circle in which we assume everybody is dead, which means no one is going to stick their head around the corner to strike mm. because they see the thing sitting there. As a defensive weapon, that's not a bad, it's not a bad position to be in. You know, I've got my weapon sitting at the corner. If you want to hit me, mm. then I'm going to see you. and At that point in time, the thing's going to fire off. They're left with the situation of how do they dispose of it? How do they get rid of it? How do they deal with well, it? Well, it actually doesn't have to do anything. The arms of Hadar is is a brilliant spell too. I like, love that. If, if you great. think about
0: it, like because it's a twenty foot bubble and it would bend around corners and stuff like this. I can just imagine if he made that thing and could make that thing like a ninety foot bubble and cast it from 120 feet away. Yeah. A ninety foot bubble
1: that would That's be huge. powerful. And it would yeah. And if you can only move thirty feet Given that you can 't see where you 're going, if you went in a straight line, it would take you three turns to get out yep. of it yep so it yeah. take it and, I mean and, 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 and that and is when you think about unless
0: you 've got an ability to see in magical darkness
1: you 're randomly going in whatever yeah. direction and so and if you look at where we are now, now that I know that you said they 're coming from the east uh, from the west, I was you know about where they're coming from, I now know there 's another entrance to get into it to ambush them is quite simple now. Mm. We, he only has to hold the, the bubble there. No one can get into it. If they run into it, they get hurt. Um, we can come around and get them from behind. <laughs> so that seems... And the more I think... It's interesting that, that I'm sitting here thinking about what can I possibly do in, in the next session. So we actually stopped at this point. Yeah, we did stop at this point. But, I mean, the thing is... Though, what so so I, I, I think about the functionality of, of what can happen from here on in. I'm invisible Arms of Adara is blocking up one end. There are two rogues with bows coming up to take on Akmenis. Is it Akmenis? Yeah,
0: Akmenis has got Achmenis. his... Well, he's still kind of in
1: the, yeah. the, the yeah. narrow passageway. And I was thinking about this the other day. What do I do? I could tell him what's happening, but now thinking about it, it's like, well, I'm carrying a dagger, so that's fine. I'm also carrying a small knife, and I'm invisible. Well, it's, it's quite easy to just go and cut their bowstrings when they're about to take a shot. And just Assuming they can't hear you. And they won't hear me because I'll use a
0: stealth roll. Um, and if their perception is higher than your stealth roll... It won't be because we're
1: role-playing and you're going to cheat for me because <laughs> nope. I've never been invisible before and this is my first <laughs> so chance. You're, actually, a, wizard. We you're can a, actually, a wizard. You do well, fix them afar. Like,
0: you, don't, you don't
1: walk well, up to try to stick someone with a dagger. I know, no, this is not sticking someone with a dagger because if I do shoes. that, mm-hmm. if I do that, an attack loses concentration. This is about just messing with what they are doing. So this is... This is me just playing with invisibility. So cutting a bowstring to them is, is going to be Well, don't you
0: have a spell that can do that from afar?
1: I can't cast another spell while I'm holding my concentration.
0: You can no. You can cast as many spells as you want. You cannot cast another concentration spell.
1: Oh, well, you'll learn something new every day. No, I don't. I don't think I do.
0: Well, you could try. You could like for me, I'm absolutely if someone says to me, This is what I want to do, I am going to I've got firebolt and I'm going to make a really precise firebolt spell looking around the corner. I'm going to try to shoot one of their bowstrings and you know, all right, well, let's see what you do. Let's see how the
1: roll goes. And you're running a firebolt and you just shoot them.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it comes down to what's the smarter thing. Can a firebolt
1: knock them out? I'd I'd actually, i I, given that, that I, now that you've said that I could possibly do this, I, I think I'd go with the, and while we're experimenting Hmm. Yeah, I would like to do the stealth thing to start with. Hmm. Just simply, if the stealth roll worked, then you would cut the string and that would make it a. That would just. It would be just about seeing what sort of things could be done. The other one to do it is to, would be to use Mage Hand and just take a dagger down there and cut it, but they'd see the dagger floating towards them, so yep. that would be just useless. No, it, it's about being able to see what sort of things you can achieve with invisibility. It was or something if that. You, if you had
0: Unseen Servant, you yeah. could send your Unseen Servant down there and say grab hold of them
1: yeah it it was not so much about capturing or killing them yep it's
0: about the disarming them
1: yeah it's about what happens so rather than thinking about it i mean i think about it from my point of view Mm. what if i was in their shoes what would i do their their bow would break my response would be damn it must be a crimson nib bow Mm -hmm. or their situation was oh this is inconvenient and then they run around in circles trying to figure out what they're going to do, or they take out their sword, or you know, and the, the whole the whole the, thing changes. If their intelligence from, was from, six, they would
0: run around in circles. If their intelligence is average, like most yeah. people, they would be like, "I just lost my
1: weapon. I'm out of here." Yeah. So it becomes that. What do I think they're going to do? What's better is for me to actually play it through and then find out what you do. Mm-hmm. What your response would be? Is it the same as my response? And that I is already a know learning. What my response is. And that is a learning process becomes, what do I think they're going to do? What do you think they're going to do? I don't know what their, their strength is and what other weapons they're carrying. Nope. Are they nope. carrying anything else? I don't know. Maybe. It doesn't <laughs> really matter because I'm going to ask you the same question next week, and you'll tell me because I'll be able to see it.
0: Assuming you can see it, you are in a dark tunnel.
1: Okay, we're going to go back to the dark tunnel yes, tomorrow. I've though. got to remember this business. But No, no, I will see it even in the dark tunnel. I've got dark vision, so I will see it. You see, see the... black and white. I'll see the black and white. Yeah, so if they're carrying a white sword, I'll see it. Yep. And if they're carrying a black sword, I'll see it. And if there's anything in between, it'll be gray.
0: So, is this, but here's the
1: other thing, too, that you were mentioning is like you were saying,
0: the tactic wise, well, mm. you, now you know that there's another entrance. We can go and do this. And it comes down to the same thing as when you guys were in the Growling Sanctuary and you jumped into the sand and you got killed. Yeah. The question is, you know that there's something down there. And for all intents and purposes, you still don't know if the idol the second piece of the Grimalkin eye is on the other side of that
1: this is the Grim- this is in the crawling sanctuary we're talking about yes yeah.
0: so this and this is the artifact that the princess karima has asked you guys to retrieve so you know that there's something down there how do you get that thing to get out of where it is so that you guys then have advantage whenever you enter someone else's element they're going to have advantage mm-hmm. so it's the same thing you go and you find another entrance to to this how do you draw the moat? Can you draw the moat?
1: Well we just did. So so it's the same the same logic is that they came round to to cover us. And so it becomes the same thing. We take on these two. The if they are if they are captured or killed, that's fine. And as we and again you can use the invisibility thing to go and see what's going on. Or and and again, if you pick them off one by one, I mean, the, in an ideal situation, hmm. you just pick them off one by one until the only person left. And I, th- we, we don't know if Abdul Haq is in there, but we do. Was it Nazim? Nazim
0: was the the one guy who turned, but you should because they they shouted his name. The, yeah,
1: they called out his name.
0: And the other thing, yeah. Oraki, as soon as you guys arrived at the, now Oraki hasn't said this. But I, I told her in a subtle way that she picked up on. But whether or not she told that to you guys, well, she didn't. The stonework of that side yeah, no, passageway no,
1: is the exact same stonework no, no, she that she's we seen got that in one. her. We got that In one. her vision. No, we asked that question and she gave us that. And that was. And I think that we are now pretty much convinced this is where we have to be. It's just a case of, of where do we go from here. And given given the situation that we're in, I don't think that we I don't think we really have a a problem if we can get them to come to us. Yep. I think that this is going to be a, a fairly simple. A simple and that, that's the truth. Getting them to come to us could be an issue. But if we can't get them to come to us, then just applying the tactics that they apply will work. You I mean, know, it, it is the, down it is the to case of just stick your head around the corner, shoot. It always pull comes your head down
0: to. What are the motivations of the creature? If you can figure out the motivations of the other creatures, then you have a better ability to be right. able to do something to get advantage.
1: Yeah, and in this situation, if we can show them some form of overwhelming force or show them that they're not going to be beaten, there's a fair bet that Abdul Haq's going to either give in or run. That's that's the. But the thing. other
0: thing to always remember, too, is that in D&D, almost every big, bad, evil guy hmm. has minions. And minions, yeah. they're meant to make you guys happy as you knock them over left, right, and center. <laughs> yeah, them, like there's no more Before he Stacking up in the bodies, yeah, that's
1: that's fine. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say. And again, we we we've, we've come past a couple of crocodiles. We know they're his best friend. Mm-hmm. The whatever it is that we're coming up against next, and we just assume they'll keep on coming. And I and again, I, I think that the our position's fairly clear that the. We're we're in there for a time frame, and if it gets too hot, we leave. Mm. Just knowing that she's there is half the battle. Yep. And again, we didn't really come into this well prepared. I think the blocking move that we've got on now, that's a fairly solid one. That they're blocked at one end. Yep. If we can, if we can just keep dragging them up that tunnel,
0: it's a good tactic. I, I, I mean, like then, I said, then we can like just if, keep if there was a way to make that bubble grow, like. Yeah, you're thinking about it. You're inside a chamber now. I know how everything looks and how everything is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you made that thing 90 foot, people would be running around, clueless, trying yeah. to get out of the bubble, banging into walls, trying to find doorways to get out. A huge bubble like that could just decimate a a you yeah. know an underground cavern. Yeah, especially if it goes around corners. The only thing is, is uh, as a DM, I'd be like, yeah, if if you close the door, the bubble doesn't go past the door. If the door is open, yes, it'll yeah. go past it. Because it's just one of those things, you know, you've got to put some kind of boundaries. Magic is magic, and, I mean, magic could just do everything under the sun. And, I mean, you... I, do, I think there's
1: a spell that Calidus has got that does that where it is. <laughs> everything where, under where the it, sun. No, it, it behaves exactly the same way. It goes around corners and goes around things, but it won't pass through a wall or go through a door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that, that seems perfect. Yeah, I mean, it.
0: that's... And, and it's the thing. Like, we're talking about the, the eye, the physical eye with dark vision. There's boundaries on what it does, you know, switching between... The the infraredish type thing of dark vision, as well as having a magical eye. And what does a magical eye mean? Yeah. Anyway, but yes, that's pretty much it. You you guys are still in the middle of a battle. It was one thirty, and I called it. Akmena stuck his head out, and a couple of dogs of Bestet had readied an action, and they shot at him. And, and I missed. We called that as end of session. So. People of the interwebs, until next week, catch you later. Hello, good people of the interwebs. This episode is now done, dusted, and finished. I do hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back in just one week.